Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
evening, everyone. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. It is myself, John Anderson, in the hot seat once again. Uh, I am joined by two fabulous guests tonight. Uh, you'll see we don't have any of the regulars. It's 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 David from Scrum of the Earth. David, I've finally got you back on. I've been promising you this for weeks. So <laughs> how the hell are you, mate? I see Cammy's still avoiding me. Yeah, yeah. He heard you were coming on, and honestly, it was like an instant. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Cabby had had uh, had dropped out earlier on uh, today, so there there is no correlation that can be proven between Cammy <laughs> not being here and David being here. So, no, it's good to have you on, David. Good to good to see you again. It's and, good to be back. It's good to see you. And of course, we are joined by Lisa. Lisa is joining us once again. I am delighted to have you on once again. Uh, how are you? Yeah, good actually. Um, I had a first little foray, well, not first little foray, a foray back into doing some stuff at the weekend. So I'm slowly but surely recovering from my um, 10 meter sprints. But you know, we're all good. <laughs> well, so the, <laughs> we may, may, may have a treat for anybody who joins us on Patreon because uh, some other less um, professional athlete um, might have had a foray into some sort of um, sports recently. And to say this person is in pain today does not even cover it. So <laughs> I, I, may, I may in depth describe what has just happened to me with a tennis ball later on. Um, the, the tears have just about cleared from my eyes. It was not pretty. Um, See, yeah, never exercise. This, this is it. This is it. But I mean, what better? What better hook? to get you to go over to patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Block and sign up for our podcast. Uh, exclusive content. You can come and join us for Patreon to, uh, for the, the Hands of the Ruck section tonight. And who knows, you might you might hear some funny stories. Uh, you'll certainly be, be hearing the world getting put to rights, if nothing else. But yeah, head, head on over. Uh, £3 a month and you'll be supporting the podcast and we'll be eternally grateful um, to the point where if you actually subscribe for £5 a month and might even finally get around to reading out your name, I'm pretty sure now this is breaking no exclusive, exclusivity clauses or anything here I'm pretty sure someone did sign up for £5 a month and I didn't read their name out and they've now downgraded to £3 a month so I'm not saying who it is but you know that that's that's on me, and that and I will issue a full and complete apology, like the time I apologised to Ross Board for calling him a very average rugby player. Um, so, should we just start listing names at random and hope that we satisfy somebody? Lisa's <laughs> <laughs> Lisa's like I don't remember the Ross Ford bit, but <laughs> this was a while back. There was a whole thing with like we joked about lawyers. It was quite funny. Well, <laughs> Yeah, Captain 6 out of 10. Uh, so, anyway, let's talk some rugby uh, before we get on to the nonsense that will be tonight. It's been... I mean, there was a game at the weekend. We maybe I'll mention it at some point. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how time goes, will we, guys? I think that's fairly sensible. Um, I think Lisa will be absolutely desperate to get the get that knife in there. And just... <laughs> but um, let's talk some news, first of all. There's been a couple of... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, there's been, been a bit of news. Um, we'll come to Scottish rugby stuff in a second. First of all, uh, Lisa, j just been announced down south, Jade, Jade Conco and Sarah Bonner have been renewed at Harlequins for a couple of years. 
Um, great club down there. They seem to seem to have a, a very good setup, and the girls seem to be thriving down there. Yeah, it's um, probably one of the original um, teams to get associated with and set up and, and kind of really be successful down there. And um, you see the girls that they're bringing over from Australia, like with, um, Chancellor and, and um, things like that coming over. Um, the girls absolutely love it down there. And they've got a nice little, little group of them. Obviously, um, Sarah Bonner's got Amy Kane there. Both of them, obviously, in the RAF. It helps massively. Um, and Jay. But yeah, no, it's good. Um, I think I think they'll be there for a long while. And yeah, I think, like you said, Arlington have got such a good setup that you're not really going to see many people move away there because you know why go away from such a bad thing? Yeah, no, it's it's ab- it absolutely seems like it's one of those clubs that have stood out throughout uh, certainly the last few years in terms of uh, what what they've been doing down there. I know certainly their youth setup. Is, is incredible down there as well, David. Um, so, you know, it, 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 imagine professional contracts, eh? Like, who would have flunked it? It's not a competition we can follow here. There's no way for me to stream those games. It's, it's a little frustrating. Hmm. Yeah, that, that that's, well, you know, maybe that's the next big market. That's, you know, with TikTok being on board for the Women's Six Nations, who, who knows where we'll go next, but ab- absolutely. Given that America, have, like the USA, have got quite the... Well, I mean, their women's team are great. Yeah. I was just talking to uh, to Rachel Law about it. Like, the United States has to be the only country where the women's teams have always been better than the men's teams. Same, same with football as well, or soccer. Um, mm-hmm. You guys, it's always, always been the way. So it's gonna later on in the show. It's gonna be really funny that you just said that, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that a teaser? <laughs> Mike, can I... <laughs> see, yeah, showbiz. Yes, yeah, people are getting to see behind the behind the scenes here. Yeah. Um, no, uh, so brilliant. I'm, I'm glad to see the you know, um, obviously with us having professional contracts up here as well, Lisa. Or, you know, we're we're on the way, and obviously the guys put it at an incredibly high level down there. It's great, great to see. The other the other news kind of coming out before we come on to very Scottish centric World Cup uh, officials have been announced, and Joy Neville uh, is is on the panel, which shouldn't be a shock to anyone who's sore. Um, she's she's on the TMO list, so she'll be she'll be TMOing. But um, finally, representation on a. Uh, men's World Cup official circuit. Yeah, I think it's brilliant to see. I mean, these these guys have been doing it um, in leagues and stuff um, for a number of years now, so it's, it's only been a matter of time that they get recognised at this sort of level. I'll be honest, I'm surprised Holly's not, you know, in and around there too, either, like, even as an AR. I know maybe, like, they might be kind of laying off with the um, actual taking centre circle and stuff, but yeah, I think she's probably a little bit hard done by as well because we've seen how successful so she's been finals, so I thought she'd probably get a nod. But I think, again, Joy just breaking the glass ceiling as she, as she always has done. Um, so I think she'll be great um, having her on board there and um, I think she'll be the first of hopefully many. 
Yeah, yeah I, I mean, think that, it, was, that was literally going to be my next question was regarding Holly Davidson. But sorry, David, in you come. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think we all agree. Like, my first thought looking at that list was, oh, that's a lot of white guys. And the second thought was, where's Holly? Like, any list that has Matthew Raynal and doesn't have Holly, like, I don't get it. <laughs> I should say, um, obviously, I think it might have been on the Patreon episodes um, last week. Anyone who's watched that, I gave a quite in-depth description of what Matthew Raynal is and it came from this man right here. Um, <laughs> Russian David. roulette in the uniform. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yep. It, it is surprising given, given Holly Stock in, in the refereeing community is massive. And every time you see her, like, for me, like, you know, obviously putting aside the it's a woman referee or any of that nonsense, she is a fantastic referee. Like, her empathy for the game is unbelievable and and second to second to no one and i i am surprised she's not there no frank murphy that's okay well that's because frank is sporting one of the best hairstyles i have ever seen oh frankie like so you know someone just needs to take him aside and go put a wee arm around him and go frank it's okay it's okay (laughs) You, you, you you don't need this thing you're doing here mate you don't need it it's okay he got rid of the oh. soup strainer though so. he did yeah progress that, that, that that's progress we, we'll see maybe he'll come back in in preseason and he'll be um you can just twirl it the, yeah he'll be back to the frank murphy we know and i was gonna say love but that's that would be stretching it highly um he really should have leaned into it. Just you know, the whole villain thing to be like, that's a red card. <laughs> so, t- t- turned up at Scotsdale with a cat. Yeah. Just like, like Every time he makes a decision, he does the slow turn in the chair. <laughs> well, the, 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 <laughs> this has taken a turn already. Loving where this is going, guys. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see like in terms of the officials, we'll see, we'll see where we end up as well, but uh, it's a, it's a step. And as we've said over the last six, eight, ten, however long weeks that we've been kind of promoting the women's game, it's you know we're 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 making we're making steps, and we just need governing bodies to not take those steps that they're making and then shoot themselves clean in the foot uh, afterwards. Which, on that note, Lisa, we obviously talked last week about the World Fifteens. Uh, and the, the the mysterious tournament, the unknown. Um, so the, the, they're they're heading off to New Zealand and South Africa. It seems. Yeah, I mean, at least they know where they're going. If they don't know who they're playing against, so at least something. Um... They've got rough rough dates. They've got a country. I mean, that means you yeah. can probably book some flights, maybe some accommodation. Maybe, maybe they uh... I don't know. Oh God, no! Don't talk about camping. We had a horrible camping trip to the Royal Marines, and that was horrendous enough. So. Uh, no, <laughs> team building, awful, 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 awful. <laughs> no, no, no that was team not... building should ever take place under canvas ever. Oh Fact. God, no, God. I think the only fun bit was like we had to face paint each other. Other than that, we're like, this is there's a reason we play dog bay. Like we're not doing this. This is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that sounds like a Patreon special right there as well. Like, there's, oh there's... God, there's so many stories from that. <laughs> Well, well, we'll come back to that in due course. But yeah, so I mean, Scotland are 
as we said last week, they're in pool two, uh, the, the second tier, and they will be based in South Africa uh, for that. So, again, don't necessarily know who we're playing yet, but, you know, we're only three, four months away from the tournament. So, you know, why, why do you need to know who you're playing? Yeah, we, we, we can be, you know, adjustable and whatever. We can just rock up and see who turns up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like a club game rugby, it's fine. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's not like it's a massive deal or anything. Like, it's not like it's important. It's just a wee friendly. It'll be fine. <laughs> Genuinely, is tens tournaments taking place this summer that are more organised than this. Like, there's literal friendlies with the the sole the sole draw of going to these things is to get a burger and a beer, and it's literally got more preparation put into it than a flagship. Women's World Rugby Tournament. It's quite disgusting, really, David. I'm feeling a lot more optimistic about it, though. Like, the last few weeks, the talk has all been around, like, why doesn't anyone have any answers about this? But I've already mentioned her twice now, but when I just chatted with Rachel Law recently, she's really gung-ho for this. She thinks it's going to be fantastic for the sport. Um, It sounds like, you know, some of these answers have come in. and I think that second tier is probably great, like going down to New Zealand and just getting hammered by the Black Ferns over and over. I don't know if that would be great for the program. So <laughs> I think this is nice. And uh, and it's nice to see Ireland a uh, tier below that too. Yeah. I think I've been like almost infected, David, with my, my view on Irish rugby over the years. Um <laughs> Yeah, that, that 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 came out of nowhere though, David. I'm quite impressed. I'm, I'm, proud, I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go away and get my Palpatine hood now and just sort of like <laughs> proper proper empire it. So yeah, so that that's we've got we've got World Fifteens. Let's see what happens. Um, looking forward to hopefully. I mean, it would be this this might come across as comedy here, Lisa, but. Might it be televised? Who knows? Like, might we might we be able to watch it? Maybe. I, I'd assume it'll probably be on like a online stream somewhere. Um, awesome. Haven't heard any rumours of anybody televising it. I'm not entirely sure we'll have BBC Alba do it. Um, but yeah, you'd hope there'd be a, a stream somewhere. But you know, it might just be carrier pigeon signals. Who knows? So, I think uh, Lee and Josh on Blood and Mud this week mentioned that it coincides with the beginning of the Men's World Cup. So uh, No, it doesn't. It, it coincides with the end of the Men's ah. World Cup. <laughs> it coincides no. with Great, the nobody's watching we won't, we, won't, we won't watch that. It's fine. We'll be done by that point. Uh, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Aye, we're going out the group stages anyway. And we'll come to that in due course. <laughs> but, yeah. So, that's fine. I mean, some other people might be interested in it. Might might want to watch it, suppose, but nah. The the sad thing is about like doing obviously a rugby podcast is I probably will actually have to watch it, and I'll be a bit annoyed about that. But you know, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun. We're already been flipping. Um, I'm sure those two events can coexist in perfect harmony, and it is not another absolutely scandalous scheduling decision, a la the Women's World Cup. Um, well, I almost never get to watch these games live anyway. So for me, it won't make that much difference. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's really my schedule that tells me when I'm going to watch these things anyway. So, 
maybe that's the fan they're going for then, David. Maybe yeah. that maybe maybe this is the they've literally done a user persona for their games and they went, Do you know who really is the absolute target fan? It's David. David <laughs> Do you know this David guy? I bet he would watch. <laughs> right. Speaking of rugby world cups, speaking of Scotland, um the news, the worst kept secret in world rugby has finally broken. Gregor Townsend has had his contract extended to 2026 of all the years in the world. Um, David, pop quiz, 2026. How many years is that before a World Cup? Oh, that sounds like it might be about a year and a half. Mm, yeah, funny that. Absolutely. April, what a strange... It's, it, I mean, I guess he, he probably signed it in April, so I guess that's they'd say that's why, but it just looks very weird. Yeah, his, his, his current contract ends after the current World Cup, so it, it'll be moving on from that. Um, Lisa, I'll come at you first. Like, so we've, we've talked about Gregor extending his contract on here before. We talked about the timeline being a bit weird. We we originally thought it might be two years. Three years is... I, I'm not sure about it, but w- w- where do you stand? I mean, I think it's a good thing that we've got something solid in place going forward to the World Cup. I think we needed that. We need some sort of consistency. I think the players needed that as well and knowing what was happening. And I suppose Greg himself needs to know he's got a bit of security. But yeah, having his contract end after the Six Nations in 2026 is a bit odd. I'm not going to lie. Is that just going to be another review of, here, we'll give you another couple of years and then you'll be good. But yeah, I mean, current displays, he's probably deserved another bit of a shot. Um, I just want to see how he goes once all your, like, your, Big names kind of go. So obviously, once once Stuart's gone, what what we once both Stuarts have gone to be honest, and see how he brings up the youth from that, and see if he's able to bring some some youngsters coming through from twenties from you know elsewhere into the squad and see how that goes. Um, but I, I'd like to see if you know he can solidify what he wants to play and how you know he wants Scotland to play. It's been interesting. You're, you're absolutely right, Lisa. I think like. On his current display, David, the last, the last, obviously, the last Six Nations was positive. The autumn, in spite of how it started, was positive. Um, it does deserve deserve to go again, but there is a lot of challenges ahead ahead of him. Is this, like is this the right decision? So. It's a great question, and I've literally spent the last couple of days scratching my head, thinking about it. Um, this past six na- – well, by the way, first of all, this this is his six-year anniversary. May 8th w- in 2017 was the first time he selected a squad for those June tests that year. Um, and I feel like that's enough. <laughs> I feel like uh, – because I, I – the Six Nations seem to erase everyone's memory about the whole Finn debacle, um, but – I still have it stuck in my craw. I, I still thought that was so ridiculous. I think you and I talked about it at the time. Like, if your position is, I think this guy is too big a distraction, so therefore I'm not bringing him into the squad. Say that. You can say that. You're in charge, and and you know better than I do. But the whole, oh, well, I'm not going to select him right now because of form. He was one of the top players in the top 14 at the moment. Like, he was killing it. And it was just such an obvious untruth. and. I just think he looked so dumb the way that whole thing unfolded. And like you said, it eventually kind of went positively, but I just, at the time, 
there was there was like right around that time there was the moment when you know during games they they get a shot of the head coach every now and then and he always looks the same he always has the same expression and i used to think oh wow you know that's a really serious guy he's really concentrating he's really just all into this he, nothing's going to flap him and then all of a sudden that same expression looked like duh i don't know what i'm doing and like obviously it's just me and the way i'm looking at him it's the same face but i was I just couldn't shake that feeling. So he's done some great stuff. He um, he's brought some success that other people haven't. And uh, but is is there more progress from here? I find that hard to see. I feel like shaking it up would have been a good idea. Um, it feels very much like the SRU was like, oh, maybe we can get. Oh wait, he's taken. Oh well, we can get. Oh wait, he's taken. Oh, uh, Gregor. I got a paper here for you. You want to come sign it? It, it just seems very strange. And uh, I eventually came down on the side of the fence that no, not a good idea. Probably should have gone a different direction. Which then leads leads us into three three years or so, someone who. So you're absolutely right in terms of that. That the six nations and probably the autumn, the second half of the autumn has masked the way Scotland have been playing prior to that, which has been uh, fairly, like, probably with a, a, a bit of a reinvention after the 2019 World Cup, which was an unmitigated disaster. Like, you know, between the way we were in the field and people try to sue the weather and all sorts of, you know, that may or may not be a lyric coming up. That's it, Tornado. Uh, I'm hauling your ass to court. That's it, yeah. <laughs> I, I got you, Tornado. Let's go. Um, yeah, that may or may not be a lyric in an upcoming, or maybe not upcoming, we will, we will tease whether there's a World Cup song coming or not. Um, but, there, like, things have, things had went rotten. And it was almost, almost to me, at least I felt like Gregor got out of jail a wee bit from this station. It just felt like he just went, I don't have a contract, so do you know what? I'm just going to do what I want. And it was almost like, you know, bringing back Hugh Jones, putting two apollo two at 12, which no one, no one had those two in the centre. You know, Finn Russell giving absolute keys to the kingdom to just run that attack. It was almost like what Scotland should have been doing for quite a period of time. And it took not having a contract and not having certainty, not having any future with 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 the that you know he was applying for jobs in France. He he was done. Yeah, I uh, think yeah, it's just mental. So it's like that. It's maybe taken that uncertainty for him to suddenly be like, you know what? Let's actually hand the reins over to the players because they're out there doing stuff. You know, you hear from like years ago when we were down at Twickenham when Finn just threw the book at him and just said, "Why are we doing this?" Like. The, these guys are seeing what's happening. Give them a bit more rain, a bit more chance to do that. And I think that's maybe where questions are asked is actually how much, like what what is Gregor best doing? Is he more a hands-on coach or is he more of a, like, uh, we're just going to man-manage you and just kind of facilitate and stuff? I think you've got players in the team at the minute who can run the attack and can run the defence. So give them the tools to do so and give them the opportunity to do that. We've seen that, you know, being really hands-on doesn't really work. It's like, you know, having a stubborn teenager tell them not to do something, they're going to go and do it. Um, like, I think, uh, yeah, I think he's now finally learned how to manage these big characters. Um, but it's now getting the best out of them because they're they're 
playing without restraint and they've got the players around them that allows them to play. Does that make sense? And we said for long enough that Finn is this, you know, meteoric player that's you know, got all these great ideas and stuff, but he's maybe not had the players around him to facilitate that. And I think now he's finally realised, oh, I need to maybe give some people that think the same way. So, you know, <laughs> here comes Hugh, here comes Sione. Um, and it's now starting to work because everyone's on the same page. You've not got, you know, Mr. Dulcratari is just defending all day. And it's, hey, a, hey, it's, it's a weird indictment when the best move a coach makes is to stop coaching as much. <laughs> <Don't you agree? laughs> These guys have played for ages. They know how they know how to pass the ball. They know what to do. Like just say, here, here's a video. What do you think? Fabulous. I thought the same thing. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I I read a, a I was reading so I occasionally read really, really dull sports books. That will probably not come as a surprise to most. Oh. But I know, yeah, instantly. <laughs> yeah. But it was looking at the, so this book was talking about the actual impact of a head coach and the the cult of personality that head coaches want you to believe that they're really, really important. And there is no getting away from. So there's no getting away from a bad head coach is really detrimental to a team. A good head coach is not nearly as impactful as they want you to believe they are. Mm. And this book talks about it in depth. I'll, I'll look it out uh, and pop the link in to the post for anyone who is similarly, similarly challenged. Is it called the Warren Gatlin story? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. It might actually have been his autobiography, actually. Come <laughs> think of it. Um, no, so it, it does talk about, like, professional players, as, as you rightly say, Lisa, these, these folks know exactly how to play rugby. They know what they're doing with a very basic amount of coaching around the actual technical aspects of the game, they should be able to produce what they're doing. Now, the big part for me, and probably where Scotland have really, really benefited and need to secure more of the, the mental side of things, having uh, Aaron Walsh involved, this, this autumn and Six Nations, the difference in the mentality, I, you know, Rory from the, the blog is all over uh, Mr. Walsh's stuff, but I've listened to his podcast as well. He is very good. And that, for me, is where the difference can be made with these these world-class players. Yeah. And Townsend, he, he, he does, he needs to take a step back. He needs to take a step away. Actually, you know, does he need to actually just not be there? Well, quite possibly, but we do need a head coach, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very, very strange one. Uh, and this obviously then all fed into, at the same time, well, the the squad announcement that no one knew was happening. Like I, I was, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was emailed by the SRU to tell me they were announcing it, and <laughs> still didn't even know it was happening because, like, why? Anyway, if a squad so is Sc announced in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, <laughs> yeah. So Scotland have announced their. World Cup squad, wouldn't you have it? Well, their extended squad for the World Cup. Uh, now, many, many casual listeners may be like, well, okay, so they've announced who's who's possibly going to the World Cup. There is no limit at this point as to who gets a call-up. Wales have literally, I'm pretty sure, because I, at one point, had a, a connection to Wales. I'm pretty sure I nearly got called up by Gatland because he, he's announced about 117 players um in the squad <laughs> and 
and no Samson Lee. Figure that. Um, but yeah, Greg, Gregor's he's went for quite quite a streamlined number, Lisa. And we'll talk about a couple of the the, the big calls. But I, I mean, what 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 does it feel like to be called up for Scotland? First of all, how how does that go? Um, usually it's just a wee email, to be honest. It's not exactly the most dramatic thing in the world. You expect oh. it to be this amazing thing, right? Oh, here's like this like gold leaf letter. It's usually just an email being like, dear, what, dear so-and-so, please make yourself available and come down to Odium at this time. And you're like, oh, fabulous. Um, it's, it's, yeah, you'll, I think the boys usually get a phone call. I think Gregor phones quite a lot of them, um, from what I've heard, which is a nice, lovely touch if you're getting selected. If you're not getting selected, less so. Um, you know, <laughs> call that the call of death. Um, so if you can get through, if you can get through the Monday before selection comes out, amazing, you're in. Um, <laughs> but usually you just put your phone on mute. You're like, don't call me, it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's it's not as grandiose as you think it is. I mean, I think it could be better. But um, yeah, I think the fact he's gone for so streamlined is we need he doesn't have to make as many culling phone calls, I suppose. He says he's going to, you know, chop it to 33 midway through the autumn, um, or the summer test, sorry. Um, so that, I mean, that could be interesting for a few guys here. You'll play one game, and then actually that's you done. Um, so it could, it's going to be quite stressful for a few boys who know they're kind of on the cusp. Um, but I think it's interesting we've gone for such a streamlined straight away because, you know, we know what rugby's like. A, a few injuries could happen or, you know, life happens. So it's it's going to be interesting if they're going to have to call people from outside of this forty-one to then suddenly get really up to speed. But yeah, it's um yeah better than the whole entirety of Wales getting called up. But you know, <laughs> well, it, it certainly gives you more indication. I absolutely love that your Scotland call-up is done by mail merge. That 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 is that that is literally completed. <laughs> Like everything I thought about the SRU right there. It's just in a nutshell. At the end of and training, are they like, make sure you check your spam folder tonight? <laughs> Often, yeah. Be like, we just double check we've got your right email address. Yes. It's like, yeah, we do. And, it, and it's when you don't get an email and you're still waiting there, being like, okay, you're going to tell me I'm coming or not. That, that's a great phone call to have. But you're like, oh, no. hi, just, um, am, I, am I supposed to still be testing this December? No, no. Oh, great. Okay, fabulous. I'm so happy I moved my flight so I can be here and not test. <laughs> Hearing from a friend. <laughs> that, that 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 sounded very um, very specifically, sir. <laughs> Just picking it out of the air, picking it out of the air, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's how we roll. That's we 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 don't we don't generally. It's not it's not specifics we go for here. No, it's just hypotheticals, if you will. Um, so w- looking at the squad itself now, I'll I'll come to you first, David. Um, there's a couple. The big, the big name that obviously has jumped out, and it will come as no surprise to most people who happen to stumble upon the rugby, uh, the European rugby recently. Johnny Gray has not been called up. Um, Gregor suggesting he's probably four months away from playing. Quite a serious dislocation. Um, that's 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 a huge loss. What what did you make of the rest of the squad? It, I I sat here trying to think of what to say about it, and it's. I found it almost impossible to do because it's like, okay, well, this looks like the list I would expect. I'm not sure why I'm looking at it. Um, There's hardly any like... Why are we looking at it? Why why are we looking at it? (laughs) Early preview of Hands on the Rock here. Why is this a thing? (laughs) 
<laughs> I was trying to look for, you know, notable omissions. And I was like, wait, where's Rufus McClay? Oh, right. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, uh, one of the things I'm uh, worried about, actually, I, I had a question for you, which was, you know, 20, it, it looks like 41 people. I think 29 of them play inside Scotland and 12 don't. Um, does that matter? Is that something you care about? Does this, you know, does it even register? Um, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll pass that to Lisa first. Like, <laughs> thanks. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm doing the Craig thing where you say what you think and then I get to agree with you. <laughs> thanks, great for that. <laughs> Shove on the spot. Um, no, I think in a way it's a good indictment of terms of like, oh, clearly we're doing things pretty well in Scotland in terms of being able to keep our players there but then how much of an impact is that going to have come the start of the league season and stuff like that and we're really going to start testing our depth and strength in both both camps um i mean it's good i mean from a personal point of view i think it's good to play elsewhere because it means you're also getting loads of different like getting rugby in but mm. i, I I mean, I think we'll really see, I think the start of the season, I would say both Edinburgh and Glasgow will probably potentially struggle, especially against maybe like um, some of your, your Irish teams and stuff who, probably, who have very good strength and depth there. And because we only have two teams to pull from, we're, we really, really struggle. Um, again, it's maybe why we've made so many like sign-ins of, of youngsters coming through, but it's going to be a real test for them, which you'd hope is only a good thing. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be telling times. I feel, to be honest, being an Edinburgh fan, that will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the on fire gift right now, isn't it? Uh, you, 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 you are absolutely spot on. I think it always impacts Scotland at the start of a a war, like a post World Cup season. Um, you usually see the pro teams flex their squad up. And it will be the one time a year. I don't know what they're doing for URC fixtures because obviously there was the big proclamation that we don't do fixtures at the same time as internationals anymore, except you've got centrally contracted players who get managed, so we absolutely do. Um, so I don't know what's happening with URC fixtures. If they are going on at the same time, then that, that will hugely impact Glasgow and Edinburgh. But the converse of that is this is the one time of the cycle that I'm glad to see players in Scotland because it means they can get released for camp earlier. It means that they can go, you know, they, they, they literally Glasgow finished their season a couple of weeks time. That is it. The guys can go for a rest. They can do what they need to do. And then they can be in camp like on off in camp for as long as they need in the build up to this world cup. They can be managed properly. And that is the huge benefit. We've seen players in the past, talking about, you know, SRU contracts not necessarily being as competitive as they could be, but it's that promise of you will be looked after in terms of your health. We'll make sure you get your rest time. We'll make sure that when you come back from a World Cup, you're not going straight into a Racing 92 or a Bath squad and getting absolutely flogged within an inch of you. Well, that's exactly my next point because I'm sweating already. We've already mentioned Finn. Racing 92 is still playing. They play, they had him play 80 oh, minutes yeah. last weekend. His his leg is wrapped up like I'm in Hotep. Like I know they're going to give him 160 more minutes before this thing this bloodbath is over too. Like I can just picture him limping into bath next year. But oh my gosh. Well, that's the that's the difference when you hand over a million euros to someone a year. Um, yeah, you know, that's 
the, the, no, nobody kids on that they're paying they're paying for charity, are they? Uh, they're, they're, they're going to get their pound of flesh out of out of Finn, and um, you know you would think actually a good a good coach or a good manager would understand the benefits of ensuring that a player is rested, healthy, and actually the benefits to your club of having a world class international fly half go. Yes, he's leaving Racing, but having that prestige of he is a rest, he'll, he'll, he'll have his name as Racing 92 throughout the World Cup. Having that promotion for your brand of this is a, this is a fly half that we, we have had for a few years. There he is, tearing it up for Scotland and getting knocked out in the group stages. Um, you know, <laughs> so, sorry, sorry. It just, it just flowed so easily. How do you know these things in advance? Oh, right. Oh, oh yes, well, I've been predicting it for three years since the draw was made, which again makes a slight mockery of the rugby fifteen nonsense. With like, you know, we've only known the World Cup draw for like a hundred and fifty years, and um, based on seedings that were from the eighteen hundreds. So, <laughs> you know, why, 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 why would we have have an understanding who we're playing in a women's international fixture? Uh, in you know four months, does it doesn't seem right? Crazy talk, honestly. Um, does but, it seem yeah. does it seem weird that Jamie Doby and Ben Healy have the same number of caps? <laughs> Did they really? Yeah, one. Yeah, that that does feel weird. <laughs> that feels very weird. I didn't know that, and 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 they both have more caps than Stafford McDowell, <laughs> <laughs> which is also bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jamie Doby, the 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 thinking man's winger these days uh, at Glasgow, by necessity. Um, he, like, I th- so I think this is the thing we said. Like, we'll talk talk about the squad about now. The one I was going to come to you with, the big debate we had a couple of weeks ago. Stuart McAnally, Johnny Matthews, the try scoring machine. <laughs> This is another example of where, you know, Gregor's picked, what, 40, 46 or so, give or take? Pick 47 and just pick Matthews. What are you doing? Like, this is crazy talk. Yeah, I mean, again, it's you know, Gregor likes his consistency, like people he can kind of rely on. So he kind of knows what he gets, a ramble. Um, Joy Matthews has been good, but he has mistakes in him sometimes, and... I mean, when we're in the grip of death, we can't really have mistakes happen. Um, so he's being pretty conservative, I think they are. I mean, it's the lovely fairy tale ending if it all touch wood happens for him, which is great. And I mean, I think he deserves to go there as an Edinburgh fan and as a friend. I think he's great. Um, but yeah, I do think Johnny Matthews is definitely really hard done by. But like we said, you've you've no idea how summer's going to go. You might end up getting a call up because you know someone twists their ankle in their flip flops. Um, Things happen. It's very specific again. <laughs> I get, I, it, honestly, it can happen. Um, that's when they got banned going along, along those walking, um, walk, moving walkway things for a while. Oh, right, okay. One of the boys did that, so oh. that was quite fun. <laughs> yeah, the, there was a famous NFL running back, Garrison Hurst, who went to Hawaii for the the, the so-called Pro Bowl and uh, played beach volleyball. Boom, did his knee. That was the end of his career. So, so what you're saying, David, is that the boys should not be playing beach beach volleyball. 
No. No, <laughs> bloody thing to say, burn. Who would be the best beach volleyball player out of that group? That's some, oh, some that's a good one. Clues. Oh, I don't know. Depends. Depends. Who's got the best vertical jump? I reckon Who? Andy Christie would be an absolute weapon. Uh, he'd reckon, be very good. I reckon he'd be solid. Jack Dempsey looks like a beach volleyball player, <laughs> but I don't know if he is one. Like mm. he's got the vibe, but maybe not the like all the gear, no idea sort of thing. Probably, yeah. T- though to be fair, though, Sari, if it's a Swiss ball volleyball, he'd be all over it. Sadie's love that, <laughs> absolutely love that. He'd be great for it. Beach volleyball. We might have finally found Blair Kinghorn's natural position. <laughs> <laughs> they still wouldn't know whether to put with the back of the front, though. No, <laughs> that's right. But we all know that as soon as Pierre Skuman like uh, spiked it once, the net would come down and the game would be over anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They would all have to just give up at that point. Oh, I don't even get me started on Blair Kinghorn's natural position. There, there will be a song coming, David. I promise you. I had to throw that out there for you. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, the McAnally one's a strange one for me. I think I agree with what you're saying, Lisa. Like he's picked, obviously, it's a conservative pick. He knows what he's getting with Stuart, but I and, and don't get me wrong, I have loved everything Stuart McAnally has done in a Scotland shirt. I've loved who he's been in a Scotland shirt. For me, that time, similar to the guy who's not there, Fraser Brown, that 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 time is probably gone. And like we're we're kind of probably arguing over a situation where we're talking about maybe a third choice hooker. And he might be there purely because he can actually play back row as well. Um, yeah, he might also bring something to like that leadership group that yeah, potentially that's true. That's true. is is something that's probably been struggling over the past little while. Is actually bringing a bit of, of that maybe off the pitch. And again, someone who's got experience of being at World Cup too. But I, I mean, I think we're just trying to find reasons as to why, um, and just you know, finger in the wind, seeing what happens. But um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like, he'll get some game time, I think, during the summer, and I think they're one of the hookers will definitely go. Um, as to who that is, your guess is as good as mine, to be honest. Well, well, we'll stay with hooker for a second. So I've obviously mentioned Fraser Brown, David. Four appearances in the Six Nations. Um, can I come out? I had, a, I had a decent autumn as well. Um, hasn't necessarily hit... Any, I, I think he, for Glasgow, he spent more time sitting down than he has actually playing, um, but sitting down on the park because he's been like injured about a thousand different ways, as is Fraser Brown's way these days. But you know, he, he was he was a mainstay in that team just in March, and now nowhere to be seen in this made up like squad that doesn't actually matter. I mean, that's the weird thing about it is because it's an arbitrary number, why not just include him? It it does seem, I mean, is Townsend just sending one of his you know patented messages again? <laughs> <laughs> is he man managing away? Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> I mean, if he calls him in in a couple of months and it goes well, are people going to be like, "Wow, Tunesy did it again"? That's great. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, so we've we've got a squad. No, the the other one jumping out to me, Lisa, and I'm I'm going to show Ed, Edinburgh support here. Believe it or not, I, I Mark Bennett for me had a a really really good season, uh, standout in a 
pretty poor Edinburgh team. Nowhere to be seen. And he's he's done well for Scotland in the past as well. So, at recently done well for Scotland. Uh, yeah, like, to Argentina, I think he was, again, stand out there. Yeah. I mean, he was, again, one of the mainstays there at the whole squad. And obviously, we know what he can do at a World Cup. Obviously, he had that horrible run of injuries as well, which kind of tapered away that progress he was having. But I think I am just massively biased anyway. Um, but I think he should 100% be in the squad. Um, but it's just the number of 13s he's taken. Um, I would 100% soften out for Chris Harris. I think, yeah, he's good defensively, but what else does he bring? Yeah. When you look at the way that we're trying to play now, we, we need a 13 who's a bit creative, who can give opportunities to Duhan and Darcy and, and Blair and, and Stuart coming in from, from 15 as well. But he is really, really hard done by. And I think it just comes down to the fact there's just too many 13s he's chosen. And with Sione being able to play 12 and 13, I think that's hampered him there. But I I, I would love for him to get another crack at a World Cup, 100%. Mm. And I hope he gets into this one. But um, yeah, it's just, it's heartbreaking to be completely honest. Um, but hopefully, hopefully he gets to get a wee shot and... Not that I really ever wish for anyone to get injured, but um, I, I hope he gets a shot somehow. But yeah, it, it, like I say, he's been outstanding for Edinburgh, um, and I think it would just be, I think, a, a little just cherry on top to finish that a bit, bit there. But you know, that's the game of rugby. It can be sometimes pretty brutal and cutthroat. I, th- I think you, you you touched on that Lisa really well. Actually, the the Chris Harris debate now. Two years ago, David, we would be sitting podcasting. Chris Harris is the best international thirteen in the planet. He he is he's everything Scotland needed at that point. And now we've realised that actually it doesn't come down to one guy to mm. to run a defence. And actually, if you play a system um, and you trust your inside and outside backs, that the guy who is not the defender, apparently, Hugh Jones, uh, is a perfectly, perfectly good defensive 13, um, but is also one of the world's best at cutting cutting defences to shreds from 13. Harris, to me, is the outlier in that back line. He is not a 13 for that team. But Mark Bennett probably would have been, but you know what? What? what what's your t- take on Chris Harris? Because I, I know, I know, you've been a fan in the past. Yeah. I still, I still think he's special. I still think on defense, he, he's one of the best in the world. Um, I, I feel like that makes him a game plan kind of selection. Like for this particular matchup, we want Chris Harris because we want to really turn the screws in this one. Um, he just has that instinct for tackling. He puts in tackles that you don't see coming or, or makes one stick that you don't think is going to when he starts to go into the tackle. Um, so I think he's special and I, I like seeing his name on here, but um I feel like we want to see him, you know, once every three games, not every single game. Even then, like, so from a game plan perspective, looking at the Scot- the group Scotland have got, we're not going to beat South Africa and Ireland, period. <laughs> but we're also not going to beat South Africa and Ireland by playing defensive rugby. We're not going to, we're not, you know, we're not going to grind out a win against Ireland because we've proven time and time again with Chris Harris at 13 as well that 
we just we they are too good to do that. Like the only way we beat Ireland is we blow them off the park with attacking rugby, innovative lineouts. You know, bring back Alex Dunbar and put him back in the lineout. That's what we need. Um, you know, flippantly speaking, but we need a bit of innovation. We create creativity. Same with South Africa. If you go toe to toe with South Africa, they will fifty point us. So Chris Harris to me just doesn't like. I love Chris mm-hmm. Harris. I think he's a great player. He's not been utilised in the Scotland setup, and you know his defensive play is amazing, but it just can't do what the other thirteens can do in attack, and that's what our thirteen needs to be. We don't need, you know, look at the other amazing thirteens in the Six Nations, and the one that always jumps out is Gail Fiku, right? Defensive general for France. The guy was an absolute standout player. When he first broke the scene, he was one of the best attacking 13s in the world. He is phenomenal. Now, I'm not saying that we are anywhere near the level of France. We play in the same competition as them, so we should be looking to to challenge them. And to do that, you need a 13 who can attack, but also is able to control a defence. We've got everything we need in Sione Tupelotu at 12 to control a defence. Let Hugh Jones run riot. We don't need Chris Harris. Yeah, we need we need someone with an outside break, and uh, and unfortunately Chris Harris doesn't have that. Like, um, because like you say when we have someone like Sioni at twelve, he's going to suck defenders in and give opportunities and give spaces there. We need someone who's able to take that, and I just it's just not his natural way of playing. Um, he is very much a I'm going to go in north south and I'm going to run pretty hard and. I mean, that, that works at Gloucester. But I think, like you said, the way that Scotland are trying to play and try to play a little bit more expansive, that, that just isn't his wheelhouse at the moment. And I'd I'd struggle to see if he'd even go on the bench either because likelihood they're going to probably go for a 6-2 split. And you're probably going to take a Cam Redpath who can play 12 and 30, 13 relatively comfortably. Yeah. Um, so 10 as well. Yeah, exactly. So you'd rather have that because, like you say, playing against the likes of South Africa and Ireland, we're going to get pretty battered up up front. So you're going to want to have as many forwards on the bench as humanly possible. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just I just struggle to see where he can fit in with the way that Scotland are looking to play now. I think you might be talking me out of it right now as, as we speak because uh, I was thinking I was thinking oh well I'll cleverly say well what about the Tonga match or something like that where you know you, you already are pretty sure your offense is going to be okay but might as well really try to see if you can keep them from scoring all over the place why would you have somebody on the squad for one game that you're probably heavily favored to win anyway yeah and, and it's a small squad as well hence why we're already talking about you know versatility hookers that can play back row and we know Townsend loves loves a versatile uh, squad when it comes to World Cup so it'll be it'll be in, it'll be interesting I totally agree with what you said earlier on Lisa this ridiculous list <laughs> means absolutely hee-haw and actually any player who is remotely qualified for Scotland is still in with a shot of getting to World Cup so let's just ignore this nonsense we've talked about it for 25 minutes but it means nothing, right? <laughs> a great use of our time. A great use of our time. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the problem. This is what the SRU do to us. They give us this nonsense, and then we have to talk about it because it's a thing. No, 
it's an indication, but there's plenty of scope for people to come into this team. So let, let's not worry I, too much. I did want to ask both of you how you're feeling about Jamie Ritchie's tenure as captain. How do you think that's been going? You can so go I, first. Oh, I will. I will go first. Nice. I will go first in this instance. Yeah, uh, so I think Jimmy Ritchie is learning on the job. Uh, I think he is in a difficult position in that Scotland have been conceding penalties, and the he's been we've been we've been up with a few inexperienced referees as well, which have meant that Jimmy Ritchie his communication still is quite abrasive at times and that when you've got a new referee or someone who's fairly inexperienced that can be quite uh i've read this in a textbook that that's not what he's meant to do therefore it gets penalized where someone with a degree of empathy for the game would probably have you know seen certainly in the six nations there was a couple of marchbacks that didn't need to happen it was you know it was just Jamie asking a question and the referees interpreted because of the way it's been put forward. Um I think he's I think he he is absolutely the captain we need. Um he absolutely is, but I think he has a steep learning curve ahead of him in terms of his communication uh and the way the way he approaches referees, but he's a young man and that will come with time. Yeah, I think so. Um I mean, if you think he's got a bit, he's not got empathy with the referees. I've got no idea what you thought Sure, how cut with them, to be honest. Um, um, but yeah, I think he's definitely one of your leaders by example, and I think he has got a good enough bunch around him that is able to help him in that sort of an an environment, which is good. Um, the whole talking to ref thing, it, it often depends on the referee as well. Some people you can have banter with, other people are very much like, don't even speak to me whatsoever. Um, but he uh, that'll come with time um, and I think he's the right fit for the group that we've got and I think we need with the changes that are going to be happening in the squad we need someone who is going to be pretty much a bit of a long stay I know a lot of people have been saying you know is he even going to you know be in the back row do we need him in the back row it's like 100% we do need him because he does all the horrible stuff that allows like your Jack Dempsey's and all that to you know have a wee trot around um, but he's <laughs> I, I, I much only, pay you to say that. <laughs> I, have, I have been talking to that, talking to the Glasgow boys about that, and they even agree as well. Um, <laughs> Fair but like, he's he's good, and I think it'll be the making of him being able to lead Scotland at the World Cup and be at that sort of an environment on the global scale as well. Um, and I think, yeah, he he will turn out to be a very good captain. I think just he just needs a little bit of time. And good guys around him. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair, a fair assessment of it. Um, so, will we? I mean, that's there's nothing much else to say on the Scotland squads. We're, you know, it's it's World Cup season, so like. Well, countdown is on for Stuart Hogg, though, right? He's got, he's at a hundred now. He'll have the what the summer warm ups and then. These matches in the pool stages, and that'll be that, right? So depending depending what he plays, I mean, it'll be. His I game think time will be yeah. Managed. I don't think he'll play all the games. I think he'll play one and a bit in the summer, mm. and that'll yeah. be it. He won't. Yeah. He definitely will not play all of them. They'll they'll manage his knees pretty pretty heavily. Yeah, and then, and then two, two, two or yeah. three, th- probably three out of four, depending. 
how depending on how the first the first one goes, because if we lose the first one, he'll probably play two, because um, it will be out of it by the fourth one. Mm-hmm. So, so Don, Donna Kennedy's record is well and truly safe. Well safe, yes. Well, I, I, I had a wonderful moment at a pub quiz at a rugby club in Aberdeenshire that I will not shame at this point in time. Um, but we went to a pub quiz, and there was a quite, there was a sports sports section, of course. And uh, uh, so that, this this I mean I'm I'm smiling about this, but actually I'm not entirely thrilled about this. Uh, the question was who is the Scotland record caps holder, uh, and uh, I was immediately Donna Kennedy because that's the correct answer. Yep. Uh, uh, and then someone shouted out, "Do you mean men's or women's?" And they were like, record caps holder. And I was like, well, I'm absolutely correct then. This is great. Cool. And then, then they came back. It was, oh, sorry, sorry. No, no one cares about the women's caps. It's the men's caps that count. And I was like, and I, I was it a senior official in the IRFU? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So I know I was like, what? <laughs> you what? Wow. So, yeah. Oh, my screen has just cut off. Oh, there we go. You're back. <laughs> like, literally, my incandescent rage made the screen melt away. Um, so, yeah, that was that was at a rugby club in Aberdeenshire of some variety. It's 2023, John. You should really transition to, to like, an LED rage these days. Uh, you, you know, yeah, that's I, I've heard that's, uh, that's good for the environment. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, I'm working on it, buddy. But, uh, yeah, so... We 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 will we will see Stuart Hogs on the countdown. Uh, Caps record is safe, and rugby clubs are still intolerant. There you go. Who the thought? Um, we we are going to head over to the Patreon now because we don't need to mention the other game that happened necessarily. Um, we can maybe talk about it a bit the Patreon because I think there'll be one of the topics in particular that will come up in there. Um, but it's been a pleasure as always, guys. We're going to head over to our Patreon content now. Patreons, come join us, as always. Uh, we'll be back next week because... Will we, be, will we be back next week? We will be back next week, won't we? Yeah, we'll be previewing a European final next week, boys and girls. Yes, we will. Um, very exciting stuff. Um, yeah, big big Glasgow match for Toulon. Um, but for now, it is good night from me, good night from David and Lisa. A silent good night. That is that is bold. I like that. <laughs>